This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, hello, everybody. We're going to have a fun show today. A lot of fun people on the show. A lot of fun topics, including with BJ Colleen joining me right now, Barrett Jackson, which literally is underway as we speak. I will be going there on Monday for the whole week, BJ. I'll be there to do the symposiums, the Behind the Collector Car Symposiums. They uh, they have me do that uh, for a number of years now, which has been a lot of fun. And but yeah, it's underway. It's like two solid weeks now. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that's because they are in Scottsdale, and I think everybody knows, or if they don't, Scottsdale is the biggest show for the Barrett Jackson auction down yeah. in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I hope you have good weather because it's been raining here in Nevada on and off, and uh, <laughs> California rain and stuff. So. Fingers crossed you the weather's good because Barrett Jackson's not a lot of fun when it's when it's raining out. You know, um, it's okay for me because they have so much under roof space. It's like a quarter mile under roof or something ridiculous. So even when it does rain, when it, it happens every now and then. I've been there once when it snowed about 20 years ago. And uh, but it's like actually it just shoves everybody inside and or under the giant tents. So um, it kind of makes it a little more cozy, but it's still still a heck of a lot of fun, even if it does. Yeah, it's true. Yep. So, you know, for those that know the Barrett Jackson auction, you can follow a lot of it. I'm not sure if it's on Discovery or what channel it's going to be on, but it's, on it's always TLC. Fun. I think it's on TLC. Is and it Disco- TLC? Yeah, they, I know. They, they alternate sometimes. So yeah, it's been on TLC, a bunch just of them. Check, yeah, check yeah. your local listings and. You can see some fun announcers. You know, our buddy Chris Jacobs does a lot of stuff and all kinds of things. But it's amazing because I know the big ticket items go off on Saturday night and sometimes Friday night. Saturday night's a big night. But I like looking at the docket that's from the early days and from Sunday because there's some really cool cars on there. But nobody cares about them because they're not like big ticket items or they're not, you know, frame off restorations and all that kind of thing. So right. it's pretty cool. but. But they have everything from boats and cars and motorcycles. And they're even in, I hate to tell you this because I'm afraid you might bid on it. They're even auctioning off a 1965 Lamborghini tractor. Oh, nice. And I'll bet it'll bring a pile of money, too. Yeah, Yeah. probably so. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. So just don't even bother, you know, putting in your credit card because I know you can get a lot of trouble there (laughs) that you can cause. You know what? Last last time, I will tell you, last time... The very first day I got there, walking over to where we do the symposiums, behind the collector car symposium, I made it about halfway there before I spent $350 on memorabilia stuff. You know, signs, <laughs> and I bought a, a globe for my my kind of fake gas pump, because those gas pumps are thousands of dollars. And yes. so uh, when I was doing stuff with Craftsman for a while there, they made two gas pumps out of wood, and painted them up, and they had like they, they looked just like real gas pumps. One of the globes broke, so the first thing oh. I did is, oh, there's a globe. I need that globe, and then I bought a a big sign that says diesel with a big arrow, and I bought all kinds of. My wife's like, 
you know, she gets a, a notification on her credit card. She goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean what I'm doing? She goes, you just spent $352. You've only been there for like, you know, what, an hour? And I go, yeah, no, more like 15 minutes. And she goes, what are you doing? I told her. But it's, that's the thing. It's, it's where you can buy anything in the automotive universe. You know, that's what's fun about it. But keep going. Go ahead. Well, you're absolutely right. But uh, they have some cool cars now. Saturday night, like I said, it's a big deal. So they have two actual vehicles with VINs or vehicle identification number 001. Wow. And that's the first production, and they're going to be auctioning off two of them. One of them is the 2024 GMC Hummer EV Edition Ooh. 1 SUV. Ooh. And everybody knows or should know that is the first retail production fully electric General Motors next generation Hummer with the Ultium platform, which is their battery platform. Ultium. And Ultium. And what's nice is 100% of the hammer price will benefit Tread Lightly, which is mm. the off road uh, place that makes sure that you're not destroying the environment as we Go responsibly drive off road. Right, so that's right. a big one. And that's going to be sold about. 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time on the sat- next Saturday. Next Saturday, So that's right. next Saturday, right, the 28th, which is something you definitely want to keep an eye on. Yep. And the other one is a 2024 Ford Mustang GT, VIN number 001, and that's going to benefit the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. So that's cool. real close to the same time. Yeah, yep. cool. All right, we're going to keep talking about Barry Jackson. I'll be there for a whole week starting uh, Monday afternoon. I'll be there all week. I look forward to seeing any of you folks that end up going to uh, Barrett Jackson Scottsdale. Uh, it's going to be fun, 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 guaranteed fun! It's going to be fun! Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, she's kind of my little sister, uh, BJ Colleen. Kind of my little big sister, because I think you've got me by a few months or something, but uh, definitely my sister, BJ Colleen. Barrett Jackson, uh, she's given us a little overview of uh, some of the cool stuff that if you decide, you have, you know, uh, all this coming week. You know, because it, it just started. It started a couple days ago, actually. But the auction, the car auction, uh, has just gotten underway because the they have, uh, like, family day. Like this last week behind us, they had a few days where it was, like, free to the locals. And so, yeah, it's like two, almost two solid weeks of pure automotive fun. 
Anyway, you were going to talk a little bit more about some of the cool vehicles. A Lamborghini Tractor, number one Mustang for 2024, and number one Hummer, 1,000 horsepower. What else is on the docket? So on the docket, there's a couple of things that are going to be going across the auction block on Saturday night. And one of them is a vehicle I've seen and know very well. It is a vehicle by Rad Rides by Troy. Mm. And Troy Trepanier is one of the top builders, along with Chip Foose and a handful of others. But Troy built a vehicle that was a 1962 Biscayne, Chevy Biscayne Custom Coupe, and he named it Chicane. And Chicane is fairly well known. It's currently owned by Glenn from Billet Specialties, who's the owner of Billet Specialties. And uh, I gosh, they, it was 2002, 2003 when he first built this vehicle. So it's been a while. But this truly was one of the most beautiful vehicles you've ever seen. It won Good Guys 2003 Street Machine of the Year. It won the Mother Shine Award in 2002. It is a, over 1,000 horsepower. And the details are like nothing you've ever seen before. He and Chip kind of went to the same school of cover everything in the engine and make it as beautiful as possible. And this really is. If you get a chance, go to the Barrett-Jackson website. It's Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T hyphen Jackson dot com. And look up the docket. Look up the car, the Red Ride Chicane. I don't know the, the lot number when it's going to be sold, but it's it should get a pretty price because it really is. An amazing vehicle, absolutely stunningly built. But if you look at the pictures, you'll be very impressed. Yeah. Um, and also, they're selling one of my favorite cars. And if I had won the lottery, the one point three four billion, which I did not, <laughs> I would have been at the auction bidding for this vehicle. It is a nineteen seventy Plymouth Hemi Superbird, which is one of my absolute favorite vehicles. I don't know why. Mm. There's just something about that Superbird with that high wing that I just think is the coolest ever. This one is the Lemon Twist Bright Yellow Automatic Transmission. And if you look at the photos, again, absolutely amazing restoration. You People take their time. And Bear Jackson, you know, there's a lot of good auctions out there. Meekum's a good auction. But Bear Jackson, because Scottsdale, Arizona is such a big deal and gets such good response and so many people, it's a great place to sell your vehicle. But keep in mind, yes. and this is something that's caused some controversy, and you might have your two cents on this is that a lot of these cars go for no reserve right so if it doesn't meet what the bidder wants it still has to go what do you think about that Al? Uh, well you know it's it's scary to a lot of people and i think bj i think all the cars are no reserve and that's something they were bragging about i don't know whether that's the way it is at every one of their auctions but uh yeah that's scarier than hell and i will tell you i did a car no reserve there one time and um did I make money? No. Did I lose a little bit of money? Yes. Should I have lost a little money? Yes, because I bought it. Don't ask me why I bought it. But it's scary. It's one of the scariest things I can tell you that I ever did was to put a car in an auction with no reserve. And I'm not afraid of anything, but that scares the living hell out of me because we get emotionally involved with our cars, more so with the classic cars and the collectible cars than your kind of work-a-day car. Like if I get into a crash with my Jeep or something, I can replace it. But you can't just replace some of these cars. You know, there's their story behind them, the provenance of the, the history of it, you know. Uh, so to put a car on an auction with no reserve, I think it is so scary. Now, is it a good idea? It seems to me like it it makes people go, you know what? This car is going to sell. And so as it's about to sell for too cheap, 
then uh, you go, it's going to sell. You raise your hand, and all of a sudden, what was too cheap <laughs> is no longer too cheap because you and three other guys going, it's going to sell. It's going to sell. No reserve. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I think there's something to that. And, and so they just seem to bring more money, you know? I don't know. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think so, too. And we'll talk about it in the next segment, but a lot of celebrities, Rod Stewart's going to be selling his Ferrari 550 Barchetta convertible, wow. and he's just one of the celebrities selling selling their vehicles this time around. So. Yeah, yeah, always a lot of celebrities. I've met Ted Nugent there. I've met, uh, oh, Justin Bieber. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. All right, we'll take a break. We come back and uh, more about Barrett Jackson, and then uh, who's next? Brian Moody from Auto Traders got some great information. We'll take a break. It is the drive. Stay with us. To a hymn called Faith and Misery. And plead the company lost the war. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. This is... The Drive with Alan Taylor. And BJ Colleen. Our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. BJ, I got a question for you. We've been talking about Barrett Jackson. I'll be there all a week next week. And uh, I hope to be able to do some interviews and what have you there because it's, uh, it's going to be fun. A lot of, like you said, celebrities and interesting people and interesting cars. Can we, you talked about one car in particular that you seem to be incredibly familiar with. What was that car again? That was Rad Ride's Chicane. It was a 1962 Biscayne Custom Coupe that was owned by Glenn from Billet Specialties. Owned it a long time, too, because oh. uh, I think it was made in 2002, 2003. It actually went on the 2003 Hot Rod Power Tour. So oh, if you happen to visit any of the locations, the Power Tour yeah. stopped that. And we were on that tour. So my ex was shooting photos, and I was driving the motor home, yeah. which turned into a Oh, absolutely. It was great because when we stopped, we didn't have to go get a hotel with the thousands of other people that were on the tour. So it was a brilliant idea. We ended up being a mobile hospital. That's another story. I remember that. I remember. (laughs) Yeah, I remember hearing about this. That's right. Wow. Like Smokey and the Bandit. No, no, wait a minute. What was the movie? Cannonball Run. It's like oh, having yeah. an ambulance, no, you know. It's not the cannonball run, <laughs> right. but it, it got bad. There was one day, I forget where we were, somewhere in the Midland, and the wind was blowing so bad that everybody took refuge in the motorhome. We had Chip Foos and Troy and <laughs> oh, his family, and we just started mixing up a bunch of margaritas. That was a really fun power tour, but it was just too freaking cold and windy to go outside, so That's we were funny. hiding in the motorhome. It paid for itself three times over. That's oh, for sure. but, yeah. I never went on the Hot Rod Power Tour. I've been on... I did the bull run, I think twice. I've been on a bunch of different things, but never the power tour. That, that I, you know, gosh, missed the opportunity because it's not the same anymore. But anyway. yeah, you did. The power tour was a lot of fun. We did three of them. I've done three of them. And I think my, I've had a lot of good memories, but my favorite one was we were coming up somewhere in Colorado and there was an overpass and we were in the motorhome. So we were up a little bit higher. And on this overpass were two superbirds, the one we were just talking about. 
there was a yellow one and a blue one and they were pointed nose to nose so when you drove underneath you could see them sitting there and then they joined the power tour because you could join the power tour from wherever you were yeah you just hopped in and you joined on you hopped off when you wanted it was kind of like one of those buses but it was really cool and i just that was one of my favorite memories ever seeing those two super birds nose to nose on an overpass it was totally cool but uh Okay, so you were so, asking about the chicane. Yes, yeah, so this vehicle is going across the block at Barrett-Jackson next Saturday, right? right? So I'm thinking maybe we should just see, look, take a guess. What do you think it should bring? And let's see how close it brings to that number. Because you know a lot about this car, and evidently it was a very, very expensive build. I have a friend who spent $500,000 building a car. And then he sold it on a down market and got like 250 grand for it. I was like, what? And he goes, what, yeah. what are you going to do? I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> but there's other people that spend 500 grand and sell it for a million. So, I mean, it happens both ways. What do you think? And then we'll revisit. Write it down. Put a sticky note on your computer. And okay. uh, I'm talking to you, BJ, because and then we'll tell the audience what you guessed and what it brought. What do you think? Well, we'll know because all my friends will call Troy. I'll probably talk to Troy's mom. I'm sure they'll be watching because they'll be curious too. But right. um, I, I, I know what it costs to build. It should bring in, and I'm not going to say, it should bring in at least a half a million dollars. Okay. Now, is it going to? Probably not. It probably will go for about three to 350 which is totally undervalued. So whoever snatches it up at that price is going to get a steal. But it should go for a half a million because when you look at this and the details and I mean, it's got a hidden roll bar in there. Mm. It just really is the, the the fabrication is second to none. Troy's guys at his shop. Half of the guys that worked on this car back then now have their own shops. Let's oh, put it wow. that way. Yeah, right. That's how talented they are. But is, is Troy going to be there? Did you say Troy Trepanier is going to be there? I, I don't know if he is because it's not a car. It's not his car anymore. He has oh, been Glenn's gotcha. car for a while. Right. But, you know, anytime Glenn had something that needed to be updated or fixed, Troy yeah. obviously did it so i can find out and then i'll let you know on the next show if he's going to be there i can call yeah. and, and yeah. see what he says but right. it really is there's there's nothing I, everything you see it had an air ride suspension It the paint colors were custom and and it's a medium cypress color and olive color and that's usually what troy's favorite colors are when he paints a car but it's just like you've never seen anything like it's it. you rolling know, art. radiator yeah it's rolling art there's yeah. no doubt about yeah. it so and the amount of work and the amount of hours and the amount of time they put into it you know, I saw him working on it at a shop uh, back in Mantino, Illinois, and it really is stunning. So I, I say it's worth five. It'll probably go for three to three fifty, is my guess. You know what? So. If Hunter Biden can get five hundred grand for one of his paintings <laughs> with some, you know, hidden documents behind the uh, the canvas, maybe that's what he needs to do: is put some <laughs> classified documents inside the car somewhere. Anyway, I'm playing. All oh right. My God, it's too funny. All right. So oh. just a couple of things to, to mention before we we have to leave yep. about Bear Jackson. If you look at the cars and everything is now, it's, it's pretty much supercars or muscle cars. You don't see the, you know, there's a couple of Model A's, a couple of the old 40s and 50s customs. You don't just don't see it anymore. So some of the things, other things they're selling that are going to be important. There's a 69 Pontiac GTO Judge Custom. You know, mm. here come to Judge. Yep. There's a 99 Shelby Series 1 Convertible, which is interesting. They're selling an F40 Ferrari. There is a Ford GT Carbon Series No Reserve 2020 that costs 750000 So we'll see what that one brings. Yeah. And here's a real cool one, a 66 Shelby GT Mustang that was built for 10 miles. And then there's also a Super Comp Vintage Dragster 
And something I want is a Nash Rambler cross-country wagon. I'll keep an eye on that for you. Buy it for me if you see it. Okay. BJ Colleen, thank you so much. She's been talking about, uh, yeah, the uh, Bear Jackson auction that is underway right now in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, Again, I'll be there all week. If you see me, do me a favor, like slap me on the back of the head or something. We'll be right back with Brian Moody from autotrader.com. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Automotive extraordinaire enthusiast. Yeah, I don't know what to call myself anymore. Um, They say, you know, automotive expert. I don't know. What is an automotive expert in the world today? It's like you got to be a rocket scientist. But uh, I do have a friend that is an automotive expert. I have many of them. So I lean on them for their incredible expertise. Brian Moody, executive editor at well, Auto I have Trader. A what is that? <laughs> I have a great nickname. It usually it sounds like this. Oh, that guy. Oh, <laughs> oh that guy. So my nickname is that guy. <laughs> that, guy. that guy. Oh, look at this guy right here. Oh, oh my gosh, man, that guy. You know what? I was delighted, yeah. and I know we're going to talk about it here in a few minutes. But I was delighted yeah. the other day, and I don't say that very often. And then I, it's funny because. Yeah. You said to me in the commercial break, you know, I drove something that was absolutely spectacular. And I said, well, let's talk about it. And I was delighted. I haven't driven it yet, but it's this new Corvette that's all-wheel drive. And I'm friends with uh, Mark Royce, who's the president of General Motors, and he's been posting pictures of it. And I, 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 I had to send him a note saying, you know what? That's inspiring. So I, I want to talk about that, but first, yeah. that's called the cliffhanger, by the way, for radio people. Uh, they're they're going to hold on. <laughs> like, what is it? Well, we know it's a Corvette, but what is Brian so delighted with? Well, you have to find out about that. By the yeah. way, there was a book by somebody, and I think the name of the book is Driven to Delight. Have you ever heard of this book? No, but that sounds like a good title. It's about the vehicles that you drive, and I can't even remember the author, but I remember how smart it was that when, when you are driven to delight by something, you tell other people about it. And that's what you did this morning. You said, you know, I drove something that was just, I don't know. What was the word you used? You said I was delighted with it or I was, 
whatever. Uh, it was spectacular. 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 Yeah. So when you tell me that, I think, wow, well, that's got to be something special. So there's a second cliffhanger yeah. for you. So this new all wheel drive Corvette right. and this spectacular machine. But until then, we're going to we're going to really wow you with information from autotrader.com and Kelly Blue Book, KBB.com and all the organizations that uh, are under Brian's watch there as executive editor. Car prices. What do you got for us? It is pretty good information. I will say it's not as exciting as a car that's spectacular or an all-wheel drive Corvette. But let me just give you some stuff and you tell me what you think because I think this is pretty impressive. Okay. So there's signs that prices of new cars and then therefore used cars will be coming down slightly or are coming down slightly. But these are a couple of numbers that I thought were shocking. Okay. So we're going to go back to December of 2019. 4% of models sold were transacting over MSRP, okay? Only 4%. Yes, 4% of models. So not 4% over MSRP, but 4% of models were transacting over MSRP. So it could have been 10%, could have been 20%, depends on the model. In 2021, 77% of models were transacting (laughs) over sticker price. That's what I was going to say. Only 4%? Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, only. I know. So now in 2022, 60% of models are transacting at oh, over sticker price. So okay. there's some sign yes. that it's coming down. Data and the is The average important. transaction price. Yes. Yeah, it is important, but it's still it's still higher than it's ever been before. In December of 2019, the average transaction price was a little over $39,000 or 6.6% below MSRP at the time. Mm. Jump up to 2022. The average transaction price, this is according to Kelly Blue Book, this is Kelly Blue Book data. Average transaction price was 49500 and that is 0.5% over MSRP. So cars are still transacting at over sticker price. And here's even, check this out. So you want to compare 2019 to 2020. In 2019, when those people were paying below sticker price, the average incentive package was about 11% of that car's value. Today, mm-hmm. it's about 2%. So there's fewer incentives, interest rates are higher, and cars are more expensive. And that's some great news for you to go head out to lunch with. Well, Nice, right? Yeah, exactly. And what's important again... It is coming down, though. Data is important. Can you talk about, just so you know, for the folks that are listening, how big Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader are? I mean, I believe amongst the automotive industry in the world of all things automotive, I got to think that Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader's numbers for the websites alone have got to be amongst the top, what, how, where, what, what is the, where are you guys? In terms of shoppers, yeah, it's around 15, 16, 17 million, you know, unique for just Auto Trader. Kelly Blue Book, of course, is very popular as well. And then they have, so the numbers that I'm telling you are not derived from somewhere else. Kelly Blue Book has their own proprietary information, their right. own team of data analysis and economists that calculate these things, that use existing information, that use existing MSRP, that use existing transaction prices and incentives. And then they come up with a formula and they run it through that formula. And then we tell and then you know, we tell people like this is what people are paying for cars on average yeah. by segment, by model, that kind of stuff. So it isn't just 
taking information from somewhere else and then repeating it. It's creating your own data and your own information from the, you know, sort of the markers that are out there on the marketplace. Well, and for you guys, it's almost in-house information because doesn't the parent company also own a big, I think one of the biggest auction car auction companies in the world as well? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. it's like Cost Automotive. Yeah. Owns, yes. So that's Mannheim. Yeah. Right. So they know cars that are moving through, what they're selling for, what the wholesale, what the retail, you know, they know this kind of information and use it to create data points to help determine things like residual value and resale value. And, you know, that's, there's a whole thing that goes into it so that, you know, you're getting the best information. If Kelly Blue Book says your car is worth this, it probably is worth that. Well, Brian, of course, there's always going to be exceptions when you get super specific. Yeah. And also regional things are different. And, and but you also have different regions for yeah. the book, too. I used to be a car dealer. I know you know that. But many people do not know this. Back in the early days of Alan Taylor, I was a car dealer for about uh, 10 or 12 years or so, and I, I loved it. And I want to tell you that the first thing I did was I, you know, I, I joined the kind of the group. I don't know how it is today, but back in the day, you had to sign up and become part of Kelly Blue Book in order to get the blue books. And you had to have your license, dealer's license mm-hmm. and all. And then when I got my blue book every month or whenever it was, was it quarterly? I can't even remember now. It's been so long ago. I, I was a dealer back in. I think I stopped being a dealer in 93, 30 years ago, (laughs) which is funny to me. But anyway, my blue jeans, like the guys that chew tobacco, have a little round spot from their chew in their back pocket. Mine had, from my Kelly Blue Book, it was a little blue book wear spot on the back of my blue jeans. And uh, it was like the Bible of the industry. And today, it is even more accurate because of this data we're talking about. So when Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader, since they're under the same roof, talk about things, they talk from authority and they talk from data. It isn't a guess. I'm the guy that guesses, but yeah. I don't have to guess anymore with yeah. Brian. And remember when the prices became available on your little uh, your little PDA or your pager or something like that, you could look through the prices on your little device that was like in like, I don't know what the year was, like in the, uh, what is it? 2000s or something like that you could like people people still had the book but there was a way that you had a little like device that you could look them up on too right this is before iphones yeah so in between the book and the iphone it was you know, expensive was, i remember yeah you're right <laughs> i did it's so funny to me reminiscing well, I mean, 30 years back value, so. yeah uh, but it was so important i even bought the window stickers the kelly blue book window stickers for my used cars that showed the value of the car and everything and i was into it brother big into it so i'm very proud of our association with with you my friend and auto trader and kelly blue book and and cox communications all right we're going to take a break and talk about next this exquisite whatever it was car that he drove what was it what is it we'll find out stay with us Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger, and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. 
Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. It is the drive all across America. Thanks to Subaru. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. We have Brian Moody with us, executive editor of autotrader.com, and he speaks for Autotrader and Kelly Blue Book, kbb.com. And um, so now we're going to find out what was this spectacular machine, and then we're going to find out the inspiring machine that I sent a note to the president of General Motors. I said, inspiring. And uh, he gave me a thumbs up on that, Brian. Thumbs up I got. Uh, nice guy, Mark Royce. Anyway, what was inspiring about whatever it was? What kind of vehicle were we okay. talking about? The Mercedes-Benz EQS 580. What and is that's it? That's the SUV version of that car. Oh, it's an SUV. Okay. So EQS stands for what? I mean, is normally it would be like, oh, it's a, you know, <laughs> I know the 580 is probably the size of the engine. It used to be liters. It's an know. electric car. So oh! I'll warn you up front, it's like a car. <laughs> I knew there was an E in there. EQS. <laughs> yes is their line of cars, EQ or EQS. And listen, they paid such amazing attention to detail yeah. in this car. The LED lights, the way that you can move them around. When you turn the car off, yeah. the headlights shoot out an animation, like onto your garage door or wherever, that right. shows the Mercedes-Benz emblem and then EQ. It's I mean, it's quick. It's quiet. The seats are luxurious. It has a touchscreen for the passenger. It has a huge touchscreen for the driver in the middle. And you can just say things like, hey, Mercedes. Now, right now, if anybody is listening to this in their car and I just said, hey, Mercedes, their new Mercedes-Benz is going to say, how can I help you? It's just so good. Like, it's just a good car no matter how it's powered. Just spectacular was the word I used. I think it is spectacular. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I, so I'm looking at, I went ahead and looked up the book that was written called Driven to Delight. It's a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Driven to Delight, Delivering World-Class Customer Experience the Mercedes-Benz Way. Joseph A. Michelli, I guess, New York Times bestselling author. It is, I got this book years ago when it came out. I don't know when it finally first came out. But I remember thinking to myself, you know what? What a beautiful thing when you experience something that drives you to a place of delight or joy. And when you said that to me about this vehicle that you drove, and, and look at you and I drive cars. We've been all over the world driving cars together. I mean, I think the I, last time or one of the last times we were in uh, Iceland on a glacier with Range Rover. And uh, we were. Yeah. We were. And, and so when you don't say forget, that. Don't forget Phoenix, Arizona. What did we drive in Phoenix? I, I can't remember that one. Uh, well, the experience was a delight for you because you only remembered me. <laughs> The car must have been a dud. <laughs> but anyway, this is something that's important. And it's the same thing like with our sponsor of Subaru, love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And when you ask somebody who owns a Subaru, how do you like that car? Oh, I love it. And it's like, that's such a rare thing in the car industry. And even people that own Teslas, at first, they loved them. 
and all of a sudden, and they still there's still a group of them that will stick through it thick and thin, but all of a sudden there's people that don't love them so much because of certain things, whatever that thing is. I don't know, you know, because yeah. I don't own one, but there's things about these cars that are starting to bug people a little bit, and I kind of feel bad because, uh, you know, Elon Musk is, uh, you know, he, he put so much energy into it, and he's changed the whole industry with these electric cars. So this EQS 580, how much money? We've only got about 30 seconds. How much money was it? It's a hundred thousand dollar car. Oh, of course, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's more the like a hundred and twenty, depending on what you get. But yeah. you know, you've driven cars that were hundred thousand dollars that you were walked away going, uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, this one's amazing. All right, now I got to seek out an EQS five eighty Mercedes Benz SUV, even though it's electric. I listen, I'm okay with electric, but just. Not all cars should be electric, and, and that's probably a sentiment that everybody thinks. But. I agree. All right, we'll take a little break, and we're going to come back and find out what car inspired me, the Corvette, and what was it that inspired me. We'll be right back. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. So, I'm noodling through Facebook the other day, and one of my friends posts a beautiful Corvette, brand new Corvette. And that friend is the president of General Motors. He's a little bit younger than me, but I met him like 25 years ago when he was in charge of parts and service for General Motors. And now, over the years, Mark Royce has moved his way up to... Um, being the president works right directly under uh, Mary Barra, who's the CEO and chairman. Uh, Brian Moody joining me from Auto Trader. And Brian, I didn't know what to do. I'm looking at this car, this Corvette, and I'm like, something is really special about that car. I didn't know yet that it was all wheel drive and yeah. hybrid on top of that. So it had a powertrain piece that has been added to make it all wheel drive, which is an electric component. And so, right. but just the looks of it, they, they really gave it something special. So I sent him one word on my comment, which was inspiring. And he gives me a thumbs up. And then, mm. the, then he posts, I think later on that same day, finally, when the embargo lifted that, you know, General Motors has until everybody starts sharing out the information, he posts a 
video of this car at Rockefeller Center on the uh, ice skating rink right there in the middle of everything, literally spinning around in circles in its spot. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. The only way it could do that really is if all four wheels are spinning because I've done that before. Matter of fact, were you on yeah. the, the trip to, uh, to uh, Alaska with Volvo when we all went across the, you know, the no, freezing? No, I heard about that. Oh, I yeah. Didn't go on that. Charlie Vogelheim, a friend of ours, wore a Hawaiian shirt and shorts and thongs. And we were at like 28 degrees below zero. Anyway. You got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, anyway, he's a funny guy. But anyway, I'm looking at this going, oh, my gosh. And then another video and another video. And it's an all-wheel drive Corvette. Zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds. And I was like, what? Yes, inspiring. Right. And I go, damn, Sam. That, and with an exclamation point, And he sends me a laughy face. But this, to me, is what General Motors needed to do is to do kind of like what Dodge did with, you know, uh, the Dodge Demon. Everybody's going electric, and all of a sudden they came out with this monster Demon 840 horsepower. And now, you know, General Motors with their Hummer that's like, what, an electric Hummer with a 1,000 horsepower, and now an all-wheel drive Corvette. Brilliant. What do you know about it? Well, like you said, it goes 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds, according to Chevrolet. And that is pretty spectacular because that beats the Z06 just barely. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Another thing that it has, because the front wheels are driven by an electric motor, that's why we're calling it a hybrid, because it's got the mid-engine gasoline engine, the right. V8. But then the front wheels are driven by an electric motor, and so there's a small battery that does that. But it can also go up to 45 miles per hour in something called stealth mode, mm. which means you can switch it. Provided that the battery is I love know, it. reasonably charged up. Right. You can go up to 45 miles per hour. Say you're leaving your neighborhood <laughs> and you can do it in all electric mode. And then when you get out on the highway or get out of the neighborhood, then it fires up and, you know, the, the whole engine turns on and everything like that. That's pretty cool. Yes. It's about a $100,000 car. So let's just say 110 between friends, 105 roughly for the base and then the convertible starts. Uh, a little bit more, like a 111 or something like that. And it's called the E-Ray. So that's that's kind of an, an like interesting Like a Stingray, name. The an E-Ray. E-ray yeah. The, yeah. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, not a bad idea. So it not only gives it more quick, but also this gives it some all-weather capabilities. So right. you might be able to drive it in some, you know, wet weather, maybe even a little bit of snowy weather if you didn't want to just park your Corvette for the whole winter. All-wheel drive is going to make it. And you're not going to go snow plowing or anything like that. But, you know, on plowed roads, uh, yeah, I think it's it's pretty cool. I absolutely love it. And I got to tell you, when I saw that it was, you know, 100000 bucks, I thought, what do you get for 100000 bucks today? Well, a nice new shiny new F-150 Ford if you load it all the way up, you know, or a, uh, for sure an F-250. But the same thing, I know, Brian, uh, let's see who we got in the next hour. George Kennedy is going to be talking about the GMC Sierra 1500 Denali Ultimate. I'll bet that almost touches a hundred grand. So I thought, well, a hundred yeah. grand for that car with all that it does is unreal. I mean, you could spend a million bucks for a Bugatti or something like that. Uh, so yeah. I still think Corvette is the best value for a sports car on the road. I do too. Yeah. All right, yeah. Brian. Thank you, uh, sir. Base price for those is about sixty-one thousand dollars. Yeah, for the yeah for the Corvette, it's a fantastic machine for the yep. you know the base model even. 
Uh, Autotrader.com, you can find information on the car pricing and stuff and, and all this stuff. It's all there. Autotrader or yes, Kelly sir. Blue Book, KBB. Um, that's it. we got another hour to go. George Kennedy coming up and Stephen Cole Smith next going to be talking about motorsports. It's the beginning of the year. We'll take a break and there's more to come after this. Stay with us. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness this show is presented in part by dodge domestic not domesticated auto news exclusive interviews real world test drives it's your turn to step into the driver's seat this is the drive now here's automotive expert television and radio host Alan Taylor. Well, here we are in 2023, and I don't think we've talked about any motorsports at all. So here to do that is my good friend Stephen Cole Smith, Haggerty.com and GrassrootsMotorsports.com as well. Steve, how you doing? Happy New Year and all that kind of stuff to you. I think it's the first time we've talked in the new year. I believe it is, yeah. and there hasn't been much motorsports to talk about until now. So we're uh, already getting wound up for Daytona Speed Weeks. Yeah. Well, so uh, for those who have never been there, done that, give us a walkthrough of what is Speed Weeks. Well, it starts out, uh, it actually started out last weekend with ARCA practice. ARCA is a stock car series that NASCAR owns that they use last generation NASCAR cup cars. And probably the most interesting thing is they had 60 drivers practicing out there. Uh, about seven right of them were women, and the top two speeds were a couple of female drivers, which is pretty cool. We haven't had a, a woman driver in the NASCAR Cup Series since Danica Patrick, and mm. some of these girls, uh, or women, I should say, are uh, pretty fast. So we might see some back in NASCAR before too long. But the most interesting thing about the uh, practice for the uh, series is that Frankie Munoz, the star of Malcolm in the Middle yeah. and uh, Cody Banks, he is going full-time ARCA racing. Wow. He raced uh, open wheel for a while, the Atlantic Series, crashed, broke his back, and then uh, wow. did a little bit of everything. He was a drummer. He's still acting. He was on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> but now he's he's got one more movie to shoot, and then he'll be full-time ARCA racing all the way through October. Wow. I interviewed him at Barrett-Jackson about four or five years ago. A really nice young man. I mean, I... I Great I, kid. Yeah. Great. He's 37. I call him yeah. a kid because he still looks like he did <laughs> right. when he was on a Malcolm in the Middle. That's what I was going to say. But, How old uh, is the guy? He's 37. My goodness. Wow. Hard to believe. Yeah. yeah. But he started racing when he was 20. And I talked to him when he was 23. I pulled up an old interview from 2009 and haunted him with that. So That's funny. He's a, a great guy, and, and he was fast. He was the 10th fastest out of 60 drivers. We did the interview, oh. and two hours later, 
he's driving 182 miles an hour around Daytona. And you know what's funny? Uh, you and I both have probably, I, I don't know that I went that fast in an open-wheel car, but I think I was, you know, I, I, did you go to that event in, uh, where was it, where we went to that private racetrack with those open-wheel race cars about, I don't know, it's been 15 or so years ago in Georgia. Were you on that event? I don't think I was. No, oh, I've, I've done some of that open wheel racing, but yeah, probably rode Atlanta. I would imagine. No, it was like a private racetrack. Oh, okay. And, okay, and, there's one there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and it's dangerous. What I was going to say, you know, it, it's it sounds, you know, it's like it just rolls off your tongue. 182 miles an hour in an open wheel race car. That's it's scary. It really is. It's really scary. Yeah, it, I mean, it takes some commitment. It's he's. Uh, He's all in. I mean, he is, uh, he's going to be a race car driver. He says he doesn't want to be known as an actor. He wants to be known as a race car driver. Wow. He's getting kind of a late start at 37, but, uh, he's got the, uh, got the backing. He's, uh, Ford Motorsport is, is, uh, on the side of his car, wow. which is the number 30. So wow. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't pull some top 10 finishes this year. Wow. Now, just so I get it clear, what kind of, what series is he racing in? What kind of car? This is ARCA, the Automobile Racing Series of America, which is actually older than NASCAR. And NASCAR bought it a couple of years ago. This is really the starting point for full-time professional stock car racing. Mm, They use, you know, the NASCAR has the car of tomorrow now you know the new car that they introduced last year right these are the last generation cars but mm. if you look at it it looks, it looks just like a nascar race okay. and it's uh, uh they're pretty fast well and i was just gonna say I've, I've been fast in uh in open wheel and i've been fast in a nascar stock car style you feel a little safer inside of a car when instead of when you're driving those open wheel cars it's actually fun absolutely yeah it's, it's a little more fun than those open wheel, man, that was uh, come to God time. We'll take a little break. Uh, Stephen Cole Smith, Haggerty.com, and um, motorsports is the topic for 2023 beginning out here. I'm Alan Taylor. This is The Drive. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the nation talking about cars and uh, trucks and SUVs and motorsports. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to have uh, George Kennedy. He's got a report on the 
new GMC 1500 Denali Ultimate. What is that? We'll find out. And the Nissan Pathfinder Rock Creek. So that's at the bottom of the hour. Right now, Stephen Cole Smith, Haggerty.com. Talking about what is going on in 2023 for motorsports. It's just beginning. Steve, I'm hoping, I'm hoping though, that you can start attending some mud bog racing with like with tractors and because that's kind of where I'm going with all my tractors and stuff, you know, mud bog. Hey, I know. Yeah, you're uh, you're going to be running those pretty soon. I I can see you putting together a, one of those four engine race tractors in your garage and uh, going on, on the road now. with it. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, the roar before the 24. Talk about that. That's this weekend. It's a uh, mandatory practice for the 24 hours of uh, Daytona, the Rolex 24 sports car race. It's the biggest sports car race of the year. There's some brand new cars in it, the GTP class, which is the prototype, the fastest class. They have never raced before. They'll race in Daytona, and then they're going to race in Le Mans. They're going to race all over the world. It's going to be the same car that's raced here in America that's going to be raced at Le Mans. That hasn't happened in a long, long time, but that's what's going to be happening this year. So Acura, Cadillac, Porsche, and BMW all have teams. Roger Penske is running the Porsche team, so I think that might be the favorite. But we're going to see him on track this weekend, and next weekend is the very first race. And that's a brand-new car starting out with a 24-hour race when most of the races are two or three hours long, that's a baptism by fire, my friend. Boy, tell me about it. And then I notice, because I'm friends with uh, Mark Royce, who's uh, president of of, uh, General Motors right now, and just earlier today, he's well, he's been posting a lot of pictures, but there was a beautiful silver Corvette with a blue streak down the middle, and he's been posting some very provocative pictures, and they're really showing his love for motorsports and the effect that it's having on the cars that General Motors is building. But General Motors with Cadillac, you said Cadillac. It seems so yep. odd to me that they would put Cadillac front and center. Uh, and what, maybe what is your thinking on that with Cadillac? Well, Chevrolet has already got the Corvettes. They'll be racing as they have been. This is the 25th year that they've raced at the Daytona 24. And I think they've won like five times in their class. But Cadillac is running in the top class. You know, the Corvettes are based on Corvette cars, whereas these prototypes, these GTP cars, they don't look like anything. They've got a Cadillac name on the front or a BMW name on the front, but there's not a single part that is on a Corvette or a BMW or anything else like that. These are real race cars. Hmm. And Cadillac has been racing for quite a while. They've been... uh, Probably the last five or six years, they've done really well. They've won championships. But this is the first time they've got a shot to go to the 24 Hours of Le Mans and win overall since, uh, gosh, like 1949, I think. Wow. You know, and when they showed their race car, it was like, wow, look at that. It's like yeah, a spacecraft. They just, they've got some beautiful color combinations for Cadillac this year. Yeah, they're putting it all out there. Which, you know what, I think is good. If you, you know, you look at the car industry right now, just to take a side note for a, a minute or so. The car industry, I hate to say this, but some of the manufacturers are kind of losing themselves in 
the political crap with the electric cars being so important. And, but you know what? It was always race on Sunday, sell on Monday. And then they had the electric races in Las Vegas during the Consumer Electronics Show. And oh, yeah. I don't the know autonomous that, racing with yeah. no drivers. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that anybody even went. You know, some uh, nerdy tech people, maybe, just because, you know, I mean, I would probably go. I was there, and I decided not to go. But, I mean, yeah. if, it, if it was, if I was, you know, if it was outside the window, I'd look. But it, without human beings and without passion of, of the race itself, it just, I don't know, it just seems like it loses something. So racing, I think, is really important to the auto industry. I think it is too, and and there is a tie-in with electrics. These new GTP cars are hybrids. They've got electric oh. powertrains that they have to get in and out of pit road on pure electric power, and then the electric power helps the gasoline engine when they get out on the track. So there is what they call tech transfer. What they learn on the track under the most grueling conditions are things that they can take back home, and that's what Mark Royce loves to talk about is that tech transfer that's beautiful thing beautiful thing i think it's important to the auto industry they stay in it we'll take a little break and there's more absolutely with stephen cole smith uh haggerty.com you can find him Uh, i'm alan taylor it's the drive we'll be right back Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. And Stephen Cole Smith is joining us. We're talking about the roar before the 24, 24 hours of Daytona. Steve is uh, in Florida, so he gets the... Uh, it's a great place to live if you're in the world of motorsports because it, it, it's where it all starts, right, Steve? Absolutely. We got Daytona, we got Sebring, we got the St. Pete Grand Prix. There's plenty going on in the late winter, early spring down here. No, it's good stuff. Back to the roar before the 24. Anything else we should know? And then I want to get into a little NASCAR. No, the uh, roar before the 24 is, like I said, it's mandatory. They time all the cars because that lets them do a balance of performance. Like if the Cadillac is faster than the Porsche, they'll slow the Cadillac down a little bit, which, you know, it seems almost boring, but it makes for some good racing to not, you know, the Cadillacs are V8s, the Porsches are are V8s, the Acuras are six cylinders, but they have to balance all those to where they're roughly the same speed, about 670 horsepower for the GTP cars. And then uh, there's four more classes that are slower that run with those cars. So that makes for some pretty exciting racing because the closing speed, they can be coming up on a car at 30 or 40 miles an hour faster at 2 in the morning. 
And uh, if the driver's not on top of his game or her game, it gets messy. Well, here's a little announcement. I don't know if I even talked about it. I talked about it with a couple of friends that I thought was a little, kind of a little interesting. Michael Andretti and Cadillac. Oh, yeah. And Wayne Taylor Racing. So they're uh, teaming up. Is that weird or is it, uh, is it cool? I, I don't know what to think. No, Michael Andretti is getting into everything, but he's tamed up with Blaine Taylor Racing, which is an accurate team. Ah. But as you know, Michael Andretti and Mark Royce at Cadillac are teaming up to try to get into Formula One. Oh, that's right. So, uh, and Michael has Honda, I think he has Honda Power. He brought Chevrolet into the IndyCar series, so Michael has got his fingers in pies of He's got seven different race series that he's involved in. So uh, Formula One is not welcoming the new team. There's 10 teams of 20 cars in Formula One, and they split the prize money that way. And adding an 11th or 12th team means the pie gets divided up a little bit smaller. And the other teams don't like it, so Cadillac, and Andretti are having a really tough time trying to get their foot into Formula One. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? It's smart of him, Michael Andretti. It's smart. I'll tell you why. While his dad, the icon himself in the motorsports world, is alive and able to do what Mario does so well, I saw him at uh, SEMA for like just a flash, said hello, shook his hand, He's such a gentleman. He's such a... um, He is. You know, he's just a good guy. I mean, that can't hurt anything to have Dad being able to go around with you and do that. And Michael Andretti is now, like, taking that name to new heights in his own way, you know? Well, it's funny. Michael, a few months ago, he had money. It's a $200 million entry fee to get into Formula One, and then probably another billion dollars to get your team together. And Michael had the money, but at that time, Formula One said, well, you're really not bringing anything to the table. You really don't have a story. Well, now he's got Cadillac. He's got General Motors. He's got (laughs) the the power of General Motors behind him, and they still don't want him in. That is so it's it's really frustrating for those of us in America. We've got three Grand Prix now. Formula One is technically owned by an American company, and to not have an American driver, and Michael has promised to put Colton Herta in a car Mm. if he gets a team, so it's really frustrating. Politics. All right, real quick, we got about two minutes. Give me a little NASCAR. NASCAR cranks up uh, after the Super Bowl, and the Daytona 500, the most interesting thing that comes out of that this week is that Travis Pastrana the stuntman is going to try to make the Daytona 500. He's got a, a car that's a team car to Denny Hamlin and uh, Bubba Wallace. That team has an extra car, and he's going to try to make the field. There's only four open spots, and he's going to go for it. So Travis has done some open-wheel racing with moderate success, but the fact that he's going for the Big Apple, I think, is going to be a pretty good story to watch. Wow, wow. Daytona. Weather. I mean, uh, I guess that's the only... Oh, man. You never know. I've been to some 
24-hour races where they've been delayed by three hours for fog. Yeah. Uh, the last one got rain at the end so heavy they had to end the race early. And then I've seen some days like today, which is like 75 and sunny. So in Florida in January, you don't have a clue. I know. Not a clue, Alan. You don't know what's going to happen in the daytime or the nighttime or the next day. Yeah, well, looks like it's going to be okay today. So uh, that's a good thing for uh, racing. Um, Let's take Steve, it a day at a time. That's right. An hour at a time, like you were saying. Exactly. Stephen Colesmith, thank you, sir. Automotive journalist, motorsports extraordinaire for Haggerty and Grassroots Motorsports. Again, thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure, my friend. Be well. Uh, coming up next, George Kennedy III. He's going to talk about the new GMC Sierra 1500 Ultimate. What is that? When trucks are a hundred grand, you got to figure if it says the word ultimate, it better be. We'll find out. It is the drive. Stay with us. Stay tuned. There's more of the drive with Alan Taylor. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, love. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Uh, Thanks to Subaru for sponsoring the show. Uh, Time now to talk about the ultimate, whatever the ultimate could be, George Kennedy III. Car tender, car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News, and World Report. He works with them all. He's an automotive journalist, and he reports here for us on the drive. Um, so I drive a GMC, and I like my GMC, although it's 10 years old. It's a beast. I'll be driving it, matter of fact, in a few moments. After we do the show, I'm going to go get a load of hay that'll weigh about 25,000 pounds. It is, to me, the ultimate, but it's an ultimate towing machine with that big Duramax engine and the Allison transmission and exhaust brake and, you know, just all the good stuff that they have. You know, the transmission, the Allison transmission is so fantastic. Now, it's a 10-year-old truck I'm bragging about, actually, going on 11 years. The ultimate GMC Sierra 1500 Denali. This is like a 1968 rocket to the moon is what I have, and you are now SpaceX a rocket that will land itself after it returns to the moon on a floating platform in the ocean. That's the difference between my truck and the one you're driving, George. 
It's not a bad analogy because if you look at the Tesla Model S, it's an extremely influential car, you know, getting people to focus on EVs, electric vehicles, but also because everybody's going the way of the tablet. And right. one of the big things with this truck is they've gone away with that very familiar, you know, eight, seven or eight inch touchscreen and four dials, volume and tuning on the top row and then climate control in the next row down and bunch of buttons in the middle it's now this giant like 14 inch screen like widescreen panoramic right and then below it are some climate controls it was bound to happen with trucks right the tabletification of cars is bound to happen oh wait 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 i'm gonna write that down the tabletification it's a new word by the way you're welcome that'll be 3250 (laughs) okay (laughs) it's a good analogy and here's the thing, though. I, you know, I think it's fine when automakers are chasing after, you know, Tesla in terms of crossovers and sedans. But trucks are different. Yes, they get used like, you know, commuter cars by a lot of owners. But look at you. I mean, you're out there doing truck stuff. You're right. taking and dropping off. Hey, you want to be able to operate basic controls using your field gloves. Yeah, right? I was, I was going to say that. And that is absolutely the truth. Because guess what? To take them off is a big distraction while you're driving, just so you know. And sometimes, you know, I need to be able to turn the radio down or something. I can't even do that if it doesn't have a dial knob because my glove doesn't have the tactile thing that it needs to be able to, you know, to do what you're asking it to do. So you're right. Right, right. And look, they they understand how people use vehicles enough to know that they haven't gone full tablet right okay, so good, you still good. have a volume dial okay good one of the best good. one of the best things that gm does with its even larger touchscreens is you always have a home button so no matter how That's lost yeah. you get in sub menus you can always hit that home button to come back to i mean it's got and then it's got a row of conventional controls for climate controls heated and cooled seats this vehicle had massaging seats um oh, which is nice. pretty wild for a full-size pickup truck yeah but why so do they it, call it now hold on why are they calling it the ultimate because it is the like the the mac daddy cheeseburger that has everything on it everything including the kitchen sink and and is it too much because it becomes now a hundred thousand dollar truck i'm just curious i mean there's there's the denali and there's the denali ultimate and this is it's a market that gmc created with the original denali pickup truck they went up a notch and others have you know anything in pickup trucks is brinksmanship and one-upmanship, whether it's right. leg room, headroom, towing capacity, horsepower, and that's also luxury credentials at the top end of the trim lineup. Yeah. So, you know, you look at the Ford F-150 Limited, incredibly nice truck. Ram 1500 across the board, nice truck, and then the Limited just takes it to a different stratosphere. So I, I think GMC looked at that and said, look, we're going we're gonna to have the Denali there at this, this level, and then the, the Denali Ultimate where there's not a, almost not a single thing you can check off in terms of options or packages. Now, is it true? Is it true that it has a V12? It does not have a V12. <laughs> oh, okay, just it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I'm joking. But it, it, it had, but it does come standard with the the three liter inline six turbo diesel Duramax oh, diesel engine. That's and interesting. And, and it's a great engine. I you know. What makes these smaller diesels work are the higher level automatic transmissions with eight, nine, ten gears. Right. This comes with a ten speed automatic transmission. Yeah. And you know, in diesel engines, if they're tuned a certain way, there's only a small power band where they really have a lot of pickup. 
10-speed automatic, you will always be in that proper power band. So this had, you know, 15 years ago, a diesel engine was pretty sleepy. You know, you could tow a lot, but you were, you know, you were measuring time with a sundial. Today, <laughs> they, it, there, it, there's, aside from the, the kind of clackety-clack sound of a diesel, which the owners of these vehicles, I think, you know, enjoy that diesel sound, you won't really notice the difference in driving experience. And Wait a minute. Wait a in minute. In of itself, a tremendous accomplishment. You are saying that that diesel engine, that six-cylinder inline six in the GMC Denali Ultimate for 2022 or 2023 now? Or, I mean, this got to be a 23. 20, yeah. You're saying that it has a sound because the last one I heard, you couldn't even hear it. It was so quiet and diesel. Oh, yeah. No, it. And maybe it's cold up here, and, and that could be a part of it. But well, it, when they're it cold, was, yes, a little so bit. It was sounding like, huh. a, like a bigger diesel engine, wow. and, you hmm. know, that could be the tuning. But, I mean, it's horsepower is 277, which isn't a lot, but it has 460 pound-feet of torque. Right. That's as much torque as the upgraded 6.2-liter V8. So that's, it's impressive. It's got great pickup off the line, and you actually have power for making a passing maneuver on the highway. Right. It was just fantastic driving experience. And with the the Denali Ultimate setup, even the suspension was soft. It drove I mean you can put miles and miles away on it. All right. Thing. We're gonna spend one more minute. Two things. Fuel economy with that diesel engine, because I know it's pretty good. What's that? Yeah, so it's with the diesel, you know, it's rated at twenty two city, twenty seven highway, twenty four combined. That is insane. You know, I, know. Yeah. I think we probably got like 23 and a half, I believe. That's fantastic. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Right. And then what was the other question? Price? Yes. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> 80,500, which that might sound like a lot, but in the modern car market at this corner of the market, Actually, not that bad. You were seeing $85,000, $90,000 pickup truck. Yeah, but not for a half ton. That's a half ton truck. All right. Fair yeah. enough. But, you know. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you, you got to pay for them. That yeah. It used to be you got to pay for them ponies when you wanted horsepower. Now you got to pay for that luxury. There you go. Uh, you, I know you liked it, but I, I hope you guys are as blown away as I am with the fuel economy of these big trucks. Uh, the GMC Sierra 1500 Denali Ultimate, 80000 bucks. but uh, if you want a luxury car and you want to smash it into a truck and have one car that does both things that is a truck, check this one out. They are absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you have to ask how much, you can't afford it. That's the old saying. We'll be right back with more George Kennedy. more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, 
television and radio host, Alan Taylor. I got to tell you a funny story, George. George Kennedy joining us. Uh, you'll find his uh, writings within Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, Car Gurus. He's on videos and does all kinds of stuff. Reporting in today, we're going we're gonna to talk next about the uh, Nissan Pathfinder Rock Creek. What is that? But quick story for you. So a friend of mine calls me with a, uh, gosh, what year is it? Like 1995 or 97 Honda Accord wagon broke down. And he goes, can you bring your car trailer out? I'm like, yeah, I'll bring it out. I'll pick it up, take it, you know, help him out. Right. So I go out there and then I go, all right, well, uh, does it drive? He goes, yeah. He goes, I, you know, yeah, it'll limp over there. So I go, all right, I'll park the trailer, put the ramps down, get it all ready. So we do all that. And then he goes to start it up, and the battery is bone dead. And it's like, oh, no. And I go, don't worry about it. We'll push it. I go, just put it in neutral. He goes to put it in neutral, bone dead battery. It won't come out of gear automatic. So do you know about this little key slot? Shift interlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. center console, it will pop the thing open. I think you put your key in there. Yeah. And it'll it'll get it into neutral. Yeah, you yeah, the battery. Yeah, right. See, so most car guys, so when I hear this announcer saying automotive expert, I felt like an expert for five minutes because he goes, oh, no. He goes, I I don't even have jumper cables. I don't even know what to do. I go, don't worry about it. Take your key. Stick it in that little slot right there. So he goes, that ain't going to do anything. The ignition won't work. I go, no, you don't understand. You stick the key in the slot. It releases the parking pole, which is what holds it in park, and you'll be able to put it in neutral. So he goes, really? So he puts the key in there. It doesn't do anything. He goes, no, see, I told you it wouldn't work. I go, no, no. Put the key in there. Push down on it. It's got a spring tensioner on. Push down and then take your other hand and put it into neutral. <laughs> he starts, That's right. He starts laughing. Yeah, I, he did it. It worked. I think we end up looking like experts even on more mundane stuff like, uh, you know, setting a vehicle up the right way in, in the various menus. Like somebody wants the car to unlock all four doors when they put it in park right. or <laughs> unlock all four doors when they hit the key fob once, not twice. Yeah. This is a little thing just by us being around these vehicles yep. all the time, being familiarizing ourselves with the menus to get the way that we want it for yeah. everyday life. Well, hey, listen, know, I'm, we, I'm we proud of my help. kids when my kids can actually get the, uh, the VCR to stop blinking 12 o'clock. You know, I'm proud of them because they figured out. <laughs> I could never figure it out. <laughs> well, and you and you just said VCR. I know. So. <laughs> but that tells you how old I am. Anyway, all right. So now that I'm proud of myself that I knew that one little factoid, the Nissan Pathfinder Rock Creek. So the last one you talked about was the ultimate Denali. What is the Rock Creek version of the Nissan Pathfinder? Sure. So to get a, a broader sense of the Pathfinder, kind of have to look at the popularity of the SUV segment. And these mid-sized three-row SUVs like the Pathfinder, like the Ford Explorer and others have, you know, gone softer in the past 25 to 30 years. And that's because people are looking at how they're being driven. They're being driven on the road, being driven as commuter cars, load up for a road trip. You want to be able to put away the miles smoothly and efficiently. And in doing so, with the exception of cars like the Toyota 4Runner, some of these vehicles who started out in that era of the 80s with incredible off-road capability sort of lost that level of capability. So Nissan has developed this high-end trim called the Rock Creek that's got, you know, I think they said 5-8-inch extra ground clearance um, on the suspension. 
in a more off-road oriented suspension system, knobbier tires, and then, you know, a beefy roof rack that's designed for loading like serious stuff. So the idea is that, you know, with this vehicle that is designed for commuting and going to the mall and going to the convenience store, there is a trim that is set up to get a little bit more away from it all. And so in that regard, if you're doing what we call soft roading, so, you know, you're not climbing over any boulders, but you're just kind of going down a dirt trail to get to a remote ski rental or trying to get up, uh, you know, maybe a, an easy off-road trail. This vehicle has the, the goods to kind of elevate it up to do that. Yeah, well, you know, my wife has, um, I, I have to back up a little bit before I tell you about my wife, what she has there. You think, you know, and here's a problem, and I, I'm stuttering a little bit. Normally, in my life, I've been with my wife 41 years, if you can imagine that. And I always just bought her a car. Well, I got to the point finally where she says, I want to pick it out after about the, uh, you know, the 15th car or so in our life together. And I was, oh, my God, it was the most horrible thing in my life to have to go through her test driving all these cars. It was kind of fun for the first one or two. And I go, we should just buy that. Let's buy this one. This is a good one, you know. We went and looked at everything, and every one of them I wanted to buy. She settled on a Nissan Rogue. And I actually was thinking maybe a Pathfinder, the next step up. Out of all the cars, I said, you can buy whatever you want. She landed on a Nissan Rogue. And on the other side, I'll tell you why. And I want to keep talking about this Pathfinder and Nissan in general because it's very, to me, an interesting car company. You're listening to The Drive. We'll be right back with more. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And my buddy George Kennedy third is on the phone here. And he's, uh, he's talking about uh, the Nissan Pathfinder Rock Creek, which is a uh, kind of an uh, uh, aggressive off-road package. I guess we could say that, huh, George? Yeah for, yeah, for for a Pathfinder, it's an aggressive off-road package. Yeah, yeah, right. Because they're they're they've been kind of tamed over the years. Because I the first hard body. Do you, do you remember that term at all? Hard body with Nissan. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I had a you know an '86 Toyota 4Runner, so that would have been a competitor to that. Right, right. So they had a Pathfinder that was the hard body, kind of a geomechanical, very square and chiseled and muscular and. 
And Nissan, it kind of ebbs and flows through its designs. And then it, it spun off Infinity, which had the weirdest commercials in the world when it first came out. I don't even know if you're old enough to remember that. Their commercials were so provocative. It was like they didn't even show a car. It was like a, a line. It was all it was was a silhouette, you know. Nissan. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to give it a Google after uh, uh, we yeah. wrap up here. <laughs> do, it, do it right. Put in their uh, controversial first Infinity commercials. Anyway, and, and actually, it, it, it leaves you kind of going, huh, that's kind of interesting. Let's go check that out. And I think that is some of the most important marketing you can do is when a person wants to go check something out, not because they've been, you know, tricked with, you know, trickery and marketing, but because they've given you just enough, like when you go to the uh, place at the mall that gives you one taste of teriyaki chicken, you go, all right, I got to have that. <laughs> give me a little taste. All right, give it to me. I'll take it. Anyway, my wife ended up with a Nissan Rogue, of which we actually like, for the money, because you were talking about the Denali at $80,000 for a half-ton pickup truck. It's not unusual, like you said, to spend you know, seventy-five to 100000 bucks for a pickup truck these days. Well, for 30 whatever it was, thirty-one dollars or $2,000, we got a fully loaded, very technologically advanced car that almost drives itself at a certain point with whatever, you know, Drive 360 or whatever they've got. I don't even know what it's called. But a car that looks kind of like a Range Rover. I mean, it's got a really good look to it. It's got the dependability of a Nissan, which is fantastic. Nissan and Toyota and these Japanese car companies and Honda, they all make good cars. Not one of them don't. Even Mitsubishi is a pretty doggone good car. You know, it's, 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 it's had its struggles. But my wife, for some reason, instead of buying a Mercedes or any number of things down from that, she ends up with a Nissan. And I thought to myself, you know, why? I, I wanted to understand it, the psychology, George, of why people buy certain cars. Because it wasn't overstated. It didn't say, you know, like, I'm rich, look at me. It had nice style to it. It said, I care about style because you don't want to drive, you know, a jelly bean that some of these things just they kind of lack in styling. But it, it right, had, it had right. all the right things that, that just rang the bell for her. And I was so pleased because it was like low 30s. And she could yeah, have I mean, easily the spent styling 60. Is, is contemporary and it's but it's not in your face. Yeah. Right? And I think and the Pathfinder is that way, too. The Pathfinder is, is that way, exactly. too. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's sort of the whole thing with like a lot of modern cars. It's similar design language scaled up or scaled down to match that vehicle segment. When you get behind the wheel, you'll see sort of the similar family, similar controls. And I think one of the important parts, and I don't know if this, this had a, a hand in, the, in you guys ending up with the Rogue, but there's no learning curve for the technology. That was another key uh, factor. Yes, good yeah, point. It's a really simple-to-operate system where you've got a volume dial, you've got a tuning dial. Right, there it's are intuitive. There buttons that go below the screen, yep. and it just makes for very easy control. A question, now, how much was this yeah. Nissan Pathfinder Rock Creek? I'm just curious. Yeah, so the Pathfinder itself starts at $35,000. a hell of a deal. Rock, yeah, and the Rock Creek edition is around $44,000, and that gets you, you know, all those sort of performance trail upgrades that we talked about. Right. Still has a cloth interior, which I think is a benefit for a vehicle like this, where you, it's sort of like one of the, like a Subaru Outback, where you intend to load a muddy mountain bike in the back of it. <laughs> like, you'd prefer this more textured interior. It's not basic cloth, it's an upgraded cloth. Right. You've got rubberized floors, there's rubber in the back. I mean, I think this is well thought out. The, the roof rack is designed for something like, you know, a couple hundred pounds. It's a real 
roof racks. It's powder coated, six thousand pounds of towing. Like All you right. can actually go do stuff with it. So my feeling is many people overlook a Nissan for some reason. And I want to tell you, have you driven a Nissan lately? I know it's supposed to say have you driven a Ford lately. But <laughs> it's my opinion. But I would say drop drive them because the the rock creek and the rest of the lineup will, will drive differently yeah no so I, you're go right out, go out there and experience that absolutely uh the nissan pathfinder rock creek if you haven't driven a nissan lately any other vehicles go take one for a test drive i think you'll be amazed my wife ended up that was it all right george that's it for you thank you brother thanks a lot man all right that's it for me it is the drive we'll see you next week Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.